What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, Joe, Becky, and Andrew reunited at last. There's three of us here. We can coast. <laughs> the wild arc of the markets. I'm arguing that near term, we need that pivot. I don't want that. I don't want the medicine. You've been calling for the medicine for the last I know, I flipped. decade that I've known you. And the arc of our nation higher education and higher standards for our country with the Senate's longest serving lawmaker, Patrick Leahy. The Senate has a duty to come together to go back to being the conscience of the nation. Not a perfect conscience, but a lot better than it is today. Those stories today, plus Tesla's whistleblower, meme stock mania. You were so meme to begin with. Me, 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 me. And <laughs> we're talking pets with Petco CEO Ron Coughlin. Your symbol is W-O-O-F. Is that any type of uh, commentary on your preference for, for which pets you, you came to? You know, no, it's I, not I, have, uh, I have twins and I love them both. Don't worry, here at Squawk, we love equally too. Sort of. I like people okay, but we love animals, don't we? I love my cat. It's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Sorkin, uh, everybody deserves a vacation. And in August, it's when we sort of do. Uh, we, but there's three of us here. We can coast, man. It's like, it's only like a, <laughs> no, we can do a third of the, we do a third of the interviews now, right? We've been doing right. a half, a half, a half, a yes. half. It's like, why Back am I tired? To, yes. I'm coasting. You know, but, but, but I'm not feeling, so when you do get some, when one of our, our friends, one of our co-anchors gets a time, then we have to work harder. But we do need vacations occasionally, and we, you know, they, we have kids. Time to rejuvenate. Kids, kids are out of school. They have the same, same schedule, yeah. so we need to be off at the same time sometime. But it is good to be back with both of you guys. So I already looked. I, I looked at who I have easily. to, th- I looked, I got, I got to worry about Petco. I think I got to worry about a couple of market people, and that's it. After that, I'm doing the Wordle, I think. Anyway, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be around. We're going to be focused. Right? We're going to be focused. Interviews. We're always focused. This is a very serious business. And, dog and days of August. That's what this is. No, dog days, we decided, was, since it was serious, it's actually late ju- July and early August. But you're right. It is, That's true. It is, it is That's the true. low volume sort of. The, a lot of the players are somewhere. The Hamptons, won't mention any names. The global markets are waiting for this Fed uh, to begin its annual Jackson Hole Symposium. Uh, Chairman Jay Powell is set to speak Friday. Ahead of that gathering, uh, we're hearing from some other Fed heads, we call them late yesterday. Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari says uh, he's worried the markets are underestimating how high inflation will go or how persistent it will be. The big fear that I have in the back of my mind is if we're wrong and markets are wrong, and that this inflation is much more embedded at a much higher level than we appreciate or markets appreciate, then we're going to have to be more aggressive than I anticipate, probably for longer, to bring inflation back down. Kashkari is uh, considered the most uh, hawkish 
of the Fed heads. That's uh, interesting because before he was the most dovish. So this guy's like got a, right. I don't know, he needs medication or something. Because he's, I mean, he has gone from one side to the other. Bullard at, at one point did that as well, but he got hawkish much earlier than Neil. Don't you, and is he? incredibly hawkish at this what point. Is he your, wants another 75 basis points. In this. But what is your, what do you say inflation is? Thorkin, and I want to know what Becky says, because if it's eight and a half on the, the CPI, but then the core is five and then the PCE is less than that, what are we saying is the inflation rate that we need to get the two year above to stanch this cycle? I want to know what it is, because if it's five, we got serious issues and Jackson Hole is not going to be fun. If we get, the, have to get the, it's going to be five. Of course it's going so to be gonna five. Want, at least. We got to get the two-year to at least five? It's, it's, you you got to get inflation down, I think, is the answer. Well, you isn't that want, three more? bring yields up to meet inflation. We got two or three more points. So, how many, so we've got a series of 50 and 75 basis point Right, yes. Rises. Well, yes. that's going to be. That's what's happening. What's that gonna, we, we already see what the retailers are saying. So what's that going to do? To the economy. You see home prices slowed for the first time in a decade. I know. Is it worth it to, to, to kill the goose do, that's laying? They, they do want to slow home prices because it was so far out of control before. Right. So we're going to kill our economy because that's supposedly what's going to help. But then that's not going to do anything to energy prices in Germany and Europe because we don't know what Putin's ready to do. So something we can't control at all is going to make things stay really high. So we're going to keep, like, you know, raising, 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 thinking we're well, doing but, something It's not even... Would you, prefer, would you prefer runaway inflation? I mean, that's the, that's the other side of it, right? That I once, just don't once, think... If you don't try to tame it, you can't right. control it. In but which if case, we then don't... you're just on a, on a straight line Are you line arguing for core? <laughs> no, I, no, arguing I'm sort of arguing for... No, I'm arguing that near term, we need that pivot. I don't want that. I don't want the medicine. I don't want things to be really hard for, for a you year or two. Gotta take the medicine. You've been calling for the medicine for the last. I know. I flipped. Decade. No, no. I've known it's you. just. I know. I know. I go back and forth. It's just that. I, I, don't I think. Remember. I think. This it, is the we first time supply, I remember the back and forth part. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. The supply. We need to increase supply. We need investment. We need. We need businesses flourishing. We yep. need. You know, when when you're having when there's too many dollars and you don't have enough stuff. Instead of trying to, to, to lower the amount of dollars with, for demand, why don't you raise the stuff that you're doing? Because it's hard and it takes years. But if to you're raising interest raise rates, that doesn't help companies. That doesn't help companies start. That doesn't help uh, financing. That doesn't help innovation. When you you're making things more this? expensive. Do you honestly believe this? It's a supply side argument. It is that, a supply side argument. I understand the, it, but if you listen to Larry Summers, look, you, well, can't, you can't think that we've tamed inflation at this point. And I, I understand your point of looking at core, if that's what you're saying, core inflation. Right. It's stripping out some of those headlines issues. It's just that things like food and energy, energy in particular, works its way into the rest of the production system. And so it doesn't stay just as a headline number for forever. I remember how horrible inflation was, but I, I just don't, I don't think slowing the economy is going to cure what's causing the inflation necessarily and well, it, it's it a just blunt seemed, intro it's it is and it's you're cutting off your nose to spite your face and i only listen to larry summers I, I listen to him once every 12 hours that's when i listen to larry okay broken, andrew broken clock is that what you're suggesting oh i didn't say that yeah. i just said every 12 hours i'll i'll, I'll listen to him let's talk about uh, something that it seems like everybody's listening to these days which is this battle uh saga soap opera call it what you will legal drama between Elon Musk and Twitter, today the Delaware court of the chancellery will hear arguments on both sides over access to documents as part of the discovery process. Twitter and Musk have sued each other, of course. Uh, Twitter wants the Delaware court to force Musk to close that deal to buy the social media company. The trial is set. 
for mid-October yesterday, and we talked a lot about it on the broadcast. Uh, we learned that a former Twitter executive blowing the whistle on the company, accusing it of misleading federal regulators about security risks. Some say these claims could potentially, we'll see, help Musk in his legal claim. He seems to think so, given some of the uh, commentary on Twitter uh, by both himself and then his lawyer. I think we read that statement yesterday uh, on the air and whether that will help him get out of the deal. I've, I've been look. I don't know what, what you think, Becky and Joe. The more I think about it, unless the whistleblower effectively on bots specifically can contend that the board and or the executives knew of other estimates, meaning they've made this estimate public, which is this, this less than 5% estimate, which they have all sorts of language around saying, well, it may not even be right. Unless there are other internal estimates that are 10 and 15% and higher and other things, and they chose not to disclose those, and there's a reason why they did, and they did it fraudulently, and that that's material, I don't know even if the whistleblower's claims actually change the dynamic of the case, because I don't know if the judge is going to sit around and say that she wants to go and do all the discovery specifically around that issue. I guess it could potentially muddy the waters. I think it not potentially. Delay I think the it trial. does muddy the waters. I think it, it, it made what was something that seemed like a pretty open and shut case potentially have some extra dynamic to it. Um, I, I don't know right. where it goes. I think some of the biggest accusations from the whistleblower just in terms of was this a violation of the FTC uh, consent decree? I think that could be potentially something they look at. You wait to hear from the company. What I, from what I hear, the company has not even seen the unredacted 84-page um, right. complaint from the whistleblower at this point. You'd like to hear the response to things, but I can understand them wanting to know exactly what they're being accused of beforehand. But there were things that I didn't know about uh, that the whistleblower brought up. So I, I think it, it muddies the water. Maybe it's not as quick of a decision, but we'll see um, what, what happens because this is coming up so quickly in October, too. Re if it really got spicy, I, I think it could make a difference. I, yeah, that's, I mean, if there's anything that it, violated the FTC right. consent decree, I think that there's would nothing change the At the, the moment, though, it doesn't, so much of it's not focused on the bots. And I mean, it right. doesn't seem like if the bots are the issue, it doesn't seem focused enough on the bots. And then the question is whether there's data to show that they were, it has to, you effectively have to show fraudulence. Um, and I don't know, I think that's gonna be a yeah. high standard. By the way, it's not only fraudulence, you, you could have the executives going to jail for fraud and it still not be material. So that's the, the other part of it. That would be interesting. Yeah, no, my point is it has to be material. It's not, it's not actually whether it's fraudulent or not, it's actually whether it's material or not for the perspective of the transaction. Material adverse clause. I mean, that's interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear more. I'd like to know the company's response to some of these things too. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is that this this guy, the, you know, Peter, the hacker who was doing this, um, was, was hired by Jack Dorsey. Um, Jack Dorsey was still on the board when he left. He was on the board through May. This, this guy was fired in January. So. What I would also be interested in hearing is more about Jack Dorsey's position on all of this stuff, too, because he was there through well, all of it. He was He's, subpoenaed, so yeah. we, will, we will be hearing from him on he that. He was shedding a lot of light on the consciousness of the whole thing, which is... Uh, oh, the, goodness. The, well, you can't... Yep. That's not a quality everyone has. Who knew that our favorite place would become a Mimi stock? Did you know that? It didn't seem like it had the... Uh, I mean, we're so Mimi to begin with. 
sure. We are. Maybe. We, we, are. Shouldn't, we shouldn't know. Because she should not Mimi. Yeah, you think people on TV are, are Mimi? I, have you met anyone who wasn't? They, they, it's like, have you met a politician that wasn't, like, me, 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 me. messed up in the head? No, that's why they're in politics. Uh, now to the latest on uh, the Mimi stock. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, the retailer has reportedly tapped a new financing source to shore up its uh, liquidity. The Wall Street Journal says J.P. Morgan conducted a marketing process to find a lender. Bed Bath & Beyond needs a loan uh, deal to provide liquidity and to give vendors uh, confidence that they can still ship goods to the retailer, uh, which said it will provide an update on its balance sheet at the end of this month. President Biden is expected to make an announcement today on federal student loan relief. Reports say that the president will take steps to forgive up to $10,000 in federal student loan debt for borrowers making less than $125,000 a year. Loan payments that were paused more than two years as part of a pandemic-era relief policy were scheduled to resume at the end of this month. More than 40 million Americans currently hold debt tied to their education, and the total amount of student loan debt exceeds $1.7 trillion. Critics warn that canceling debt could make inflation even worse. In fact, guys, I saw a, a report earlier this morning that said more than 80 percent of Republicans think it will make inflation worse and more than 40 percent of Democrats think the same thing. I, I think maybe the bigger issue is it doesn't hold any of these schools to account um, where you have seen tuition prices outpace inflation for decades at this point. If you do this, it doesn't do anything to try and rein some of that in either. I just know what we're going to hear. And it's how many people that gave up things for so long to pay things off are now going to be paying for other people. For other people to, to then do the Things same. that right. they, that they went without for years. It's going to be the same debate we had in 2008. Exactly. You know, when people talked about, should we be helping people with their own mortgages? I mean, that was that was the debate. Uh, right. But Same that was thing. actually oddly, that was very politically popular. This is a lot less popular. Well, it's, it crosses it, all kinds of lines. It's yeah. politically popular with Democrats with the election coming up. Well, it's I think politically that's popular with young people who tend to have more student loans. <laughs> right. It's not as popular with older. You mean people the people that benefit? The people that benefit from yeah. the uh, yeah? It's more popular. It's, um, you know, it, it Look, we got, we got to figure to out how extent. to deal with the, the costs at the, at, the, at the first stage before I think you get to the next place, but that's just me. Well, majoring in French Renaissance poetry probably isn't a great idea. In terms of making money to Not that there's anything wrong months. with that, but... Um, I don't know. What do you do with that? Well, it's tough. maybe. I mean, look, you, you can say, have a policy around say you providing want fries loans with that only for you certain You want to shake majors. with those fries. What's that? That's what you could do. You could say, I mean, look, there's lots well, of we, conversations. We do to a certain extent if you're a teacher and you agree to teach in certain places. I mean, that, that makes sense. If you're looking at shortages where you can't find people in these jobs. Yeah, I, we I need to match. Everyone says that. We need to match where, where the jobs Doctors. are with, with what. Right. And that could include technical skills uh, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The French major thing, I think, is not, uh, the truth is, that's not really the issue. I mean, most people are not, that's not the, the majority of majors, but. Not that, I think, but, look, but, gotta, but, use, but there's 50% are useless, probably, and just a, an we, exercise. We have to figure in, out a way to make the whole system a lot better. And I do think at some level, a look, minor. People, if you want, do it as a minor, are, do philosophy as a minor. You there know, are veterans, do, there are veterans and others who have been scammed as a result of, of higher education, corporation, right. corporate education, and the like. Those folks, I wish we actually could find a way to help, but in a very surgical way. I just yeah. think that when you start to do this in a broad way, it becomes very complicated, probably inflationary, but even 
you know, bigger creates the sort of moral hazard issue that I think we're all talking about here. So. Yeah. Computer science with a minor in, in Mandarin might be the way to go. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to ever do business with your Mandarin degree. So we'll, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll see about point, that. Yeah. Still to come on Squawk Pod, more on loan forgiveness and how it will actually work with Senator Patrick Leahy, the most senior lawmaker in the U.S. Senate. You cap the amount, one of the forgiveness, but also of the income bracket where it can be forgiven. And a blanket forgiveness uh, would not would not work. Plus, why after four decades serving our country, he is concerned about what's next. I really am worried about the future of this country. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin, along with, drum roll, Becky yeah. Quick and Joe Kernan. Mm-hmm. We're all back together. For a while. And, uh, for a while, only for a couple of days. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to take my own vacation. No, I meant, I meant for decades in the future. I didn't mean just, I just said we're going to be together for a long, long time. Oh, that, we're going to be together for a long time. I yes. thought you meant we're not going to be together for a long time. No, 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 we're yes. going to, we're, we're together now. And in case you're wondering, it's going to be for literally decades, um, hopefully. De- decades to come, decades to come. We're, I'm sure the viewers are looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, you too. Uh, <laughs> right. well, we have a developing story out of Washington this morning. President Biden expected to make an official announcement on a federal student loan relief. Reports saying the president will take steps to forgive up to $10,000 in federal student loan debt for borrowers making less than $125,000 a year. Loan payments that were paused more than two years as part of the pandemic era relief policy were scheduled to resume at the end of this month. More than 40 million Americans currently hold debt Tied to their education, the total amount of student loan debt exceeds $1.7 trillion. Joining us right now to talk about that and so much more about where our economy stands, Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont. He is the top-ranked and longest-serving senator, retiring at the end of this term, his eighth. He's got a new book out. It is called The Road Taken and Memoir, Senator. I want to thank you for joining us. And, of course, I also want to thank you for your service. Um, I do want to start with this news today on uh, forgiveness, uh, student debt forgiveness, and whether you think it's a good idea. Well, one, I worry about uh, student debt. I, you know, when I was in college and law school, I, I had uh, student loans, but the cost of college, the cost of graduate school is far less than it is today. I think a lot of the uh, tuition costs have gotten out of, out of control. Uh, they've become far too expensive. It's discouraging a lot of young people from going to college. And once they get out, 
not being able to do the jobs that they're best suited for, only to find jobs where they could pay back their debt. That, that's a spiraling thing that we have to get under control. Uh, I'll wait to hear exactly what the president proposes, but at least in the preliminary uh, suggestions, there'd be a limit on the amount, and it would be available only to people within a certain income level, and I think that, that makes sense. But I, I think uh, higher education itself is going to look itself in the mirror and say, uh, how do we get these costs under control? I know at the well, University well, of Vermont, are, they've, they've kept the, the tuition the same for years. Well, the question I would ask is, is twofold. One is, what do you do? I mean, to the extent that there's going to be some forgiveness uh, of, of the debt, if, if in fact that's what happens, what does that do uh, towards these spiraling costs? Does it only incent schools to actually increase those costs? You said they have to look themselves in the mirror. How much does the uh, government and, and, and taxpayers need to look at themselves in the mirror to figure out a new path forward in terms of incenting schools to lower those costs rather than increase them? No, that's a question I keep asking myself, and I've asked uh, people in higher education. I said, they've got to get the spiraling cost out. Uh, we, we are seeing less young people willing to go on and get the higher education they need and that the country needs to have people who can handle the uh, kind of jobs that we really need to fill. And uh, it, uh, it would be a terrible mistake for higher education to think, oh, we could just raise uh, tuition costs and all because the government will right. take care of that. That, that's not going to happen. I, I suspect this is a one-time thing. And uh, higher education, you asked the perfect question. Higher education has got to look itself in the eye. Senator, what do you tell the viewer, the taxpayer, who says, you know what, loan forgiveness is not really forgiveness. Loan forgiveness is a transfer. It, it's effectively a transfer of the cost uh, from, from one taxpayer to another, oftentimes a taxpayer, uh, potentially who could afford it, maybe, uh, but a taxpayer potentially who paid uh, their college bills, in some cases took on uh, one, two, and three jobs. Their families did this uh, to get them through college. And they look at this and they say, this is just unfair. No, you're going to hear a lot of that. But I think one of the things you do is you, you cap uh, the amount, one of the forgiveness, but also of the income bracket where it can be forgiven. And a blanket forgiveness uh, would not would not work. Um, I do want to ask you about your book, but I also want to ask you about your career and where you see Washington in this country right now. Um, it seems as divided as ever. Uh, there are some people uh, who think that our democracy is uh, in doubt. There are others who think it's as strong as ever. What do you think? It, it is not as strong as ever. It's one of the reasons I wrote that book. I, I want to show the arc of when I came in time of Watergate, seeing uh, leading Republicans, as much as it pained them to do it, to go down to the White House and tell President Nixon he had to leave because of the things he'd done. And now uh, people of the President's party, former President's party, afraid uh, to, to question him. On top of that, you see people who, wherever they get their information, they believe some things are totally false, demonstrably false, but they act on that. We saw that in January 6th in the insurrection. 
the people coming in and saying, well, the Constitution allows this, the Constitution allows that. One, I doubt they've ever, ever read the Constitution, but secondly, it did not allow what they were doing. And the rest of the world looked at us and wondered if our democracy, the oldest existing democracy, was coming unraveled. Uh, I write the book more to say, here's the way it was. It was not perfect, but it was a lot better. Here's what we've descended to. And the Senate has a duty to come together, Republicans and Democrats, to go back to being the conscience of the nation. Not a perfect conscience, but a lot better than it is today. And set an example. Uh, I, I really am worried about the future of this country. Senator, um, it's a longer conversation, and I hope we get to have it. I uh, want to thank you for joining us this morning. Um, good luck with your memoir, and thank you again for your service. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod. <laughs> Pets, they're part of the family. Yeah, but if it, if, if, if it was going to save his life, you'd do it. He's fine. They wanted a thousand bucks. He'd well, speak for yourself. Did you ask him? He didn't. He, this was oh. months ago. He's fine. Uh, Get a furball. We got the Petco CEO in an exclusive uh, interview. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Petco uh, out with earnings uh, this morning. Not really down 1%, uh, but only 16 cents. Uh, cutting its full-year forecast, missed earnings estimates, although it says business remains resilient amid economic uncertainty. Joining us now, Petco uh, CEO Ron Coglin. Ron, thanks for joining us. Is this a, uh, a margin issue because of, of higher input costs? Because I don't, did, were the comp store sales, they were up again. I don't know how many straight quarters that is. Was that below what you were hoping for, for, for the comp store uh, or comp sales. Morning, morning, Joe. Yeah, we were happy to be growing in a tough market. That's what great teams do. So our comp was up 4%. Uh, we did have some pressure from mix. You were talking about whether folks uh, cut back. Well, the good news is they don't cut back on their food. They don't cut back on services like grooming and vet. But they might let that leash uh, fray a little bit of the tennis ball. So there was some dis uh, discretionary income pressure on the supply side of our house but food and services were both double digits in the quarter. So you have to think about mix too, like all retailers. You gotta make sure you're, you're, you're providing exactly what, what people want or else you can get stuck with some stuff. So is there discounting that goes on with, with leashes, for example? That's right, I saw you last night saying retail CEOs may have the toughest job. You were watching last night? I no, was. I was saying if anybody deserves to make what CEOs make. I, I just can't imagine how tough it is to be. I was. Uh, well, well, that's good. Thanks for watching. I, I had a quick question. Becky's got a cat. Uh, but your symbol is W-O-O-F. Is that any type of uh, commentary on your preference for, for which pets you, you came to? You know, <laughs> no, it's I, not I, have, uh, I have twins, and I love them both. And uh, <laughs> it's the same story. I love both dogs and cats. But back to your inventory uh, point. Yeah. 
We do not have the inventory problem that most uh, of the other retailers are talking about. We're very comfortable with our inventory and quantity and makeup, so we don't have the need to do any of the promotion that uh, many of the other retailers are, are talking about, and that allows us to position ourselves uh, going forward. Well, it's good. Give me a, your input on, on inflation, uh, how long it lasts, input costs, what you're planning for. Is it, is it troublesome for you? Is it, it much, must be a, a lot tougher to navigate. Is there transportation issues that, that factor into uh, you know, your bottom line? Yeah, you talked about the guide. We wanted to do two things with our guide. We wanted to be prudent. Uh, and conservative to make sure that uh, you know there's still economic uncertainty. So we want to make sure that we gave ourselves room to meet or beat. Um, we are seeing, we think, the top or an improving uh, supply chain environment, both in terms of supply as well as some of the freight, and that will um, flow through the P&L over time. So I think we saw the peak, if not, we're getting over the hill on some of those input costs. If I were to decide if I were an investor looking at, at buying uh, Petco, where would you, what are you going to expand? Where, where do you see the real growth opportunities? Is it in, in some of the, the in-store, um, I don't know, services that you provide? Is it in uh, acquisitions you see growth? Do you need to do that still? Do you, is it innovation? That's part of what makes us completely unique. We have a $40 billion TAM to go capture. Look at veterinary, we went from standing still to 200 vets uh, in our stores today. Um, we have an $8 billion opportunity in small town rural. We opened our first small town rural location and it is exceeding our expectations uh, by a far amount right now. Rx food, Rx, um, Rx uh, medications are both growing double digits. So we have significant growth opportunities ahead of us. And that's part of why um, we were cautious, because we want to make sure that we continue to invest in that growth. So not only are we growing today, but we can capture the growth of the category going forward. I was under the impression that even in a, a, a slowdown, an economic slowdown, I don't know if we, we're not really uh, unanimous in calling this a recession or not, although uh, in recent polls, I think a lot of Americans either think we're in one or, or headed for one. Do you have to, to uh, pull in your, uh, your, your horns to some extent there? Do you, do you get less aggressive about things? You said that people won't buy leashes, but there are things that are in, I would think pets would be re recession proof what you do for pets, but you do see some, some stuff that, that can be cut back on when people, when money's tight. Food, they don't cut back. Actually, lots of people are talking about um, down trading. We're not seeing down trading. We're seeing premium, uh, continued shift towards more premium products, whether it's that premium kibble or more premium fresh frozen uh, products. We're seeing continued traffic in grooming salons, continued traffic in our veterinary hospitals. Uh, it's the supplies. This is exact same play that happened in 2008 during the recession. It's transitory. As the economy comes back and as the stimulus overlap wanes, um, those businesses will come back. What the hell am I looking at, right? Do you sell marmots or, or fair? Nice marmot, man. Do you sell, you sell that's Big Lebowski quote, but do you sell, uh, give me a, a rundown uh, across the board of what I can get. Can I get an alligator? Can I get a little alligator? You cannot get an alligator at, like at an Petco. I love alligators, uh, like modern day monsters. I love those. Um, or what can I get? What's the weirdest thing I can get? Um, you can get a bearded dragon at Petco. Um, and we have lots of enthusiasts that come in for bearded dragon, for uh, fish, um, for uh, 
Lots of different, different. Uh, yeah, I saw it. It's, it's, you make money on fish. Um, fish, fish uh, have profit associated with them. Yes. Yeah, they, they definitely make money from us because it's the replacement theory. You, you, you own those? No, we we catch those. And by the way, Becky, we can help you with uh, veterinary services if you need help next time you get a fur. Ball. No, no, it was, it was, you know, it was a fur ball. I got a little panicked as a new cat mom. Threw up twice. They wanted $1,000 to go ahead and check to make sure there were no blockages. I thought, you know, I wouldn't even have my kids at the doctor after they threw up twice. We can wait on that. Vet, vet bills are really expensive. Ron, how much of that is dealt with through healthcare insurance and how profitable is that line of business for you? Well, you know, if you go to Europe, Europe uh, uh, insurance penetration is about 10%. Here it's only two to 3%, but that's gonna change. So our insurance offer is up double digit. It's part of our drive towards recurring revenue. Uh, so I see insurance penetration increasing in the United States, uh, and uh, we, uh, we have a great offer today, but we're going to make that even better in Q3. I'm your guy, uh, Ron. I've paid for spinal surgery, uh, acupuncture, underwater uh, treadmill therapy. I've got a 17-year-old Maltipoo and two German Shepherds, and the Maltipoo still runs the uh, still runs the roof. So I'm your, you know. Gunther, you, Freddie, you, and Pongo, right? Whoa. Whoa. He did his Whoa. <laughs> I'm feeling weird. Hey, Whoa. I, I'm with you. I have a double cancer survivor who is still rocking at age 14. You, you um, looked at my Twitter account? Is that, <laughs> is, that, that's all I tweet. But you don't see my kids, but you'll see Gunther and Freddie. Likewise. And Pongo. Oh, all right. Uh, you will see my kids. Actually, that's a lie. Um, occasionally. Ron, thank you. Good to thank have you, you on. Uh, and and um, I, I love animals. I just really, I like people okay. But we love animals, don't we? We love animals. They're and so actually, pure. That, that's, uh, that's a truism of all the Petco team. We're passionate We don't about deserve animals. them. We don't deserve dogs. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least I don't. Cats, maybe. Yeah, there's cats. I cats are aloof. Cats. You're going to do me a favor? You're going to do me a favor and let me pet you? Thousands <laughs> no. of years ago, cats by, were treated by, as royalty by the Egyptians, and they have never forgotten that. Okay. But I love my cat. And he knows it. <laughs> We also have some breaking news right now on Peloton. CBC's Lauren Thomas reporting that beginning today, Amazon shoppers are going to be able to find Peloton products on the site. This includes Peloton's original bike and its strength product known as Guide. comes a week after Peloton said it will aggressively be closing its brick-and-mortar stores. Lauren Thomas joins us right now uh, with the news. She's a retail reporter, of course, at CNBC.com and talked to Peloton's chief commercial officer uh, earlier. Lauren, what's going on here? And... um, How much does this change the game or not? Yeah, good morning, Andrew. Like you said, if you're in the market for a Peloton bike starting today, you're going to be able to buy that bike on Amazon should you choose. Now, this is really part of new CEO Barry McCarthy's plan to push the company toward profitability. Peloton also obviously has a goal to continue growing its base of customers. And we've really seen demand start to slow as, you know, pandemic restrictions have begun to loosen. So the company, uh, as you said, is going to sell a selection of products. And I was able to talk to Kevin Corneal's chief commercial officer at Peloton about this news. Uh, Corneal's told me already every month there are about half a million searches on Amazon for Peloton-related products. So the company believes that the customer is there. He also said this is really going to be a test-and-learn approach. You know, Peloton wants to, to test the waters with Amazon, but there's certainly a possibility that the company will strike other deals with other retailers down the road in order to grain 
gain uh, further distribution. Um, one other thing that I think is really important to note with this launch, there will actually be a self-assembly option for the bike. So if you're a customer, you're checking out, you'll be able to have um, to, to pay to have delivery at home, you know, where, where someone will call, come and install that bike. But you'll also be able to choose a self-assembly option. That's something Peloton hasn't offered before. And it's another lever that the company is testing to try to cut costs. Okay, so there's two two questions. One very practical for users and consumers, the other on the business side for investors in the company. Um, on the user side or the consumer side, if you're a Prime member, do you get delivery for free? Do we know? It's a great question. It's my understanding that that should still be the case. There wouldn't be an extra fee. I actually asked the question to Kevin Corneals, could we see this Peloton, Peloton membership at one point being integrated into the Prime membership. You know, you could see, obviously, Amazon has continued to add more perks to that offering. I, I didn't get a direct answer at that uh, at that question. So I think that's certainly something, at least it sounds like, that could still be in the cards down the road. That would be an interesting tie-up, right? There were reports, actually, at one time that Amazon was in very early stages of exploring a deal to buy Peloton. Um, you know, obviously, that, that has not come to fruition. But, you know, certainly, this is a first step that the two are, are taking in order to work together. In terms of margin, obviously direct to consumer, they capture basically the, the, the full price. Right. How much do they give away to, to Amazon in this case? Right. I, I don't know an exact percentage on that. But what I will say is you've seen this trend play out with a lot of direct to consumer companies, right? Allbirds is a great example. Years ago, the company would tell me we're never going to break into wholesale or that certainly wasn't something that was top of mind, right? As this company launched online and then Allbirds had their own stores similar to Peloton. Allbirds is now selling in Nordstrom. Allbirds is now striking partnerships with other retailers, just as now we're starting to see Peloton make that approach. Um, I think a lot of these companies, they reach a point where they kind of max out uh, with what they're capable of doing online and, and on their own. So it's inevitable, ultimately, that, you know, retail comes full circle, right? These D2C brands, Peloton was included in that group, are now striking deals with companies that they see as, as key partners to their future growth. And then the last piece, does Amazon just take um, a margin on the actual product being sold, or do they actually capture any of the subscription revenue? It's my understanding. So Amazon will actually buy and hold on to to that inventory up front. So they, they're you know, striking some sort of agreement with Peloton to hold on to this inventory, essentially, and then the orders would be fulfilled through the Amazon fulfillment network. Um, it's unclear. The company wouldn't tell me, again, what percentage of that is, right. is you know, what revenue okay. is shared or how that breaks down. But again, this is Amazon is going to, to control the fulfillment. Lauren, thank you for bringing us that news. That is Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend to listen to. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday 
and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.